Praise the Lord, everybody. So great to be back in the house of God this evening. Such a wonderful spirit of praise in this house today. Something begins to happen in the heavenlies. Things begin to shift. Big things begin to move. Minds and spirits begin to lift. Your praise produces something in the atmosphere, and I feel that in the house here today. And I'll tell you that as this is one of those services where as we were praising, I began to feel God taking me in a different direction than what I had intended to preach here today. But I do believe this is the will of God for this service. And I believe that it is perhaps fitting that on this Palm Sunday, when there is such an emphasis on praise, that I do talk about praise a little bit here tonight. But I want to talk specifically about praise and what praise produces in our life. How praise relates to happiness and joy and the effect that praise can and should have in our minds and in our spirits. There's a lifting in this house today. God wants to do something. God wants to break some people free of some things. And I believe the breakthrough is going to happen in your praise. There, there's a sacrifice of praise in this house today. Somebody's praising God, not because everything is going well, but in spite of some things that might be happening, somebody has brought a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't matter. My God, my God, doesn't matter what the enemy does. doesn't matter what the enemy says. There's a praise in this house today. I'm going to be reading from a very familiar passage of Scripture, Psalms chapter 118, verse 24. Most of you will know this Scripture by heart. Some of you won't realize that you do know it until you get there, but a very familiar passage of Scripture. I do want to once again give honor to Pastor Hughes in his absence. The leadership here, Sister Hughes, the leadership here of this wonderful church. Psalms chapter 118, verse 24 is a very simple passage of scripture, but I believe is a powerful scripture that we're mostly familiar with. The Bible says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I love that scripture because it's a timeless scripture. It applies to any day and every day. Does anybody feel that way on this day? That this is the day which the Lord hath made and we will rejoice and be glad. And will somebody join me in making that declaration that even tomorrow will be the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. My entire life, I've heard a phrase that has become pretty common cliche. I sing because I'm happy. Great phrase, great song, great sentiment. But I want to turn that phrase on its head a little bit today. And I want to challenge us with the reciprocal here today. I'm not going to preach I sing because I'm happy. But I'm going to preach I'm happy because I sing. I want somebody's eyes to be open to what praise can and will produce in your mind and in your spirit. I'm happy because I sing. I'm lifted because I sing. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your power, your presence. We thank you once again for your anointing that we feel in this house. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we bind every hindering spirit. 
We bind every spiritual obstacle, God. Loose your anointing. Loose your power. Loose your presence in this house. Where your spirit is, there is liberty. Where your spirit is, there's victory. Where your spirit is, there's a breakthrough. Where your spirit is, there's a lifting. God, lift, move. Have your way in this house. We'll be careful to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Pentecostal circles, where we're known by many people, we're known for our praise and our approach to the house of God and how sometimes demonstrative we can be in our praise and worship. And many people don't understand that. I've had people ask me, why do you praise the way you praise when you come to the house of God? I don't claim to have the best answer, but I have the only answer that I have. And what I tell people is that whenever I come to the house of God, it's always great to see friends and family. It's always great to see loved ones and people that I've developed relationships with over the years. But whenever I come to the house of God, more than anything else that happens, I desire to experience the presence of God. More than anything else, I desire an encounter, uh, an encounter with God. I desire to have an experience, an audience with God. And I've learned that if you're looking for anybody, you might as well begin with where they live. If you're looking for me, my address is in Humble, Texas. So if you're looking for me, it probably makes sense to begin with my address. Find my address and go to where I live. I say all that to say this. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. That is his address. That's where God lives. That's where God dwells. And if you wonder why I praise God the way I praise God, it's because more than anything else, I need to see God. I need to hear from God. I need an encounter with God. And if God desires to inhabit my praise, if God lives in my uplifted hand, if God lives in my uplifted voice, if God lives in the fruit of my lip, if God lives in the shout in my feet, if God lives in my praise, I'm going to try to find God and I'm going to go to the address that the Bible gives me. I come to the house of God wanting more than anything, an audience with the almighty God. I come to the house of God wanting more than anything, an encounter with the Lord of hosts. And if he lives in my sacrifice of praise, I'm going to come looking for an, a genuine encounter with God. I don't know about you, but I decided some years ago I refused to have church as usual. I refuse to have a routine service because it's Sunday or it's Wednesday, and that's just what we do. But I've decided that every time I come to the house of God, I'm going to believe that anything is possible. Every time I come to the house of God, I'm going to anticipate an encounter with the almighty God. Every time I come to the house of God, I'm going to believe that lives are going to be changed and the miraculous is going to happen. But tonight I want to talk about what praise does for us and what praise does in us. There's no doubt in my mind that the people of God are under attack today in ways we have never seen before. I'm in different churches just about every week, different churches talking to different pastors and different members. People have been walking with God for decades. People, I've talked to people who've been walking with God for longer than I've been alive. 
And I'm convinced in my heart that we are living in the day and time where the Bible talks about the wearing out of the saints. That even in the house of God, that people are fighting off depression now like we've never had to fight in the house of God. That we're having to fight off bitterness now and offenses. And people are tired in their body, in their minds, and in their spirits now. There's confusion of heart. There's confusion of spirit. There's confusion of mind in the house of God. And I see what people are facing and what people are fighting even in the house of God. The Bible talks about the cares of life choking the life out of even those who hear the word of the Lord. Even those who hear the word will have the life choked out of them because of the cares of life. But you've got to understand that if the saints are going to be worn out, if there will be a wearing out, it's going to involve the losing of strength. By definition, the wearing out of the saints is going to be the saints losing their strength. And I tell you that this is going to involve the saints losing their joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You wonder why the enemy is a attacking your joy the way he's been attacking your joy. He's trying to wear you out. And in this environment, we can't afford for our happiness to come from our happenings. I'll say that again. We can't afford for our happiness to come from our happenings. We can't afford for our joy to come from the situations and the circumstances in the life that we find ourselves in. One of the saddest things to me is when I see a saint of God give out. You see, it's one thing to give up. When somebody gives up, they make a conscious decision. They're just not going to do this anymore. They make a decision. I throw my hands up. I give up. I quit. That's sad. It's also something else when someone gives in. When someone gives in, they make a conscious decision. I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to compromise. I'm going to give in. That's sad as well. But the saddest thing that I see is when a saint of God doesn't give up or doesn't give in, but a saint of God simply gives out. They didn't make a conscious decision to throw in the towel. They didn't make a conscious decision to go with the flow and compromise, but they just got to a point in life where they couldn't put a foot in front of the other anymore. They got to a point in life where they were at the end of their rope and they couldn't hold on any longer and their strength failed them and they gave out. And in this environment, when I see this happening more and more, there's a passion that wells up inside of me to try to tell as many people as will listen to this little preacher that now, more than ever before, we've got to understand the power and the purpose of praise. Now, more than ever before, we've got to understand what praise can produce in our lives and in our spirits, how praise can change the way we think, how praise can change the way we live, how praise can lift us out of wherever we find ourselves. The very word praise comes from the Latin word for price or value. And praise can be defined as how we assign value or how we assign worth. Praising God is how you proclaim God's worth. 
praise is all about God's worthiness to be adored. And let me tell you that that worthiness, that value of God never changes on good days and on bad days. It might be difficult. I might be in a dry place, but that doesn't change the value of the almighty God. There's always a reason to praise. There's always a reason to worship. There's always a reason to declare that God is awesome and God is mighty and God is powerful. But I've come today, I feel in my spirit to challenge us today to perhaps think things a little bit differently. I understand why people say they sing because they're happy. I love the song, His Eye is on the Sparrow. I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to say. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to feel. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. It's great to sing because you're happy. And there will be many times in life where your happiness will produce a song. And that's awesome when your happiness produces a song. But I'm here telling you that the problems arise whenever we get to the point where we absolutely begin to live like this. We sing because we're happy. When we're happy, we're praising. When we're happy, we have a song. When we're happy, we have a worship. When we're happy, we understand that there's a reason to praise God. But when that happiness is gone, so is the praise. When that happiness is gone, so is the worship. Hear me, saint of God, this is a dangerous place to allow the enemy to get you in in your life because the problem is happiness is just an emotion and emotions are a dime a dozen. Emotions are simply a reaction to a stimulus. Emotions are simply a reaction to something that happens in your life and life is full of issues and situations that will destroy that emotion of happiness. Happiness. You'll go through some things. The Bible says that man is but a few days and full of trouble. And so it's difficult to feel happy when you've lost a loved one. It's difficult to feel happy when you've got bad news. You've got fired. You don't know how you're going to make it. It's difficult to feel happy when your money's run out. It's difficult to feel happy when you've got a negative report from the doctor. It's difficult to feel happy when you've got problems in your family and problems in your relationships. It's difficult to feel happy happy when you find yourself under attack of the enemy in your mind and in your spirit. And so if I only sing because I'm happy, then my praise is determined by my situations and my circumstances, just like my emotions are determined by my situations and my circumstances. Hear me saying of God when I say that that kind of praise is too fragile to sustain you. That kind of praise is only as fragile and as temporary as your emotions are. I'm going to preach to somebody that your praise cannot be predicated on your predicament. Your praise cannot be predicated on your predicament. Your praise cannot be predicated on your feelings. Your praise cannot be predicated on your circumstances and your situations. I want to stir somebody up here today. I don't praise him because of what I feel, but I praise him because of what I know. I praise him because of what I've learned. I praise him because of what I've experienced. I don't praise him because of what I feel. And the challenge is to get to the place where instead of your emotions affecting and producing your praise, your praise begins to affect and produce your emotions. What I've learned is praise. See, praise is how you produce joy in the midst of a prison situation. Praise is how you produce confidence in your spirit. Praise 
is how you can lift your mind. Let me, I, I wonder if we can just get real and transparent here today. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, 3, that God will give us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Will anybody here be transparent enough just to yourself to acknowledge that there are times where you face a spirit of heaviness? Where out of nowhere, there's a dread, there's a heaviness, there's a weight in your spirit, a weight in your mind. It's not a function of weakness, it's a function of humanity. That the enemy will attack you sometimes with the spirit of heaviness. Does it come out of nowhere? There's a spirit of heaviness. But I'm glad that the Bible gives us the remedy. The Bible gives us an answer. The Bible says that God will give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But there's a few things I find interesting about this scripture. Because you would think from the surface that if God took away a spirit of heaviness, that he might replace it with the spirit of joy or a spirit of happiness. That if he took away one spirit, he might replace it with another spirit. But let me tell you that if the garment of praise is God's remedy for the spirit of heaviness, it must be the absolute best remedy for a spirit of heaviness. And I just have to understand why God's answer is the garment of praise when I find myself with the spirit of heaviness. And I begin to wonder, God, why is it that you don't take away one spirit and replace it with another spirit? Why don't you take away my spirit of heaviness and just supernaturally give me a spirit of happiness? And I begin to think about an old saying I've heard my entire life, something that my father has dwelled, drilled into my spirit. And it's a saying I've heard my entire life that if you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. But if you teach him how to fish. He can eat for a lifetime. And I began to think about this in the context of this scripture. And I began to realize that if God just took away the spirit of heaviness and gave me a spirit of happiness, it will just be a one-time fix. It might get me through this situation. It might get me through this circumstance. But I'm going to run into something else that's going to destroy that spirit of happiness. And I'll be right back where I was. But by God giving me the garment of praise, it's like he taught me how to fish. Or I can produce a spirit of happiness anytime and every time the spirit of heaviness attacks me. My God. It's not just a one-time fix, but it's a solution that I can take with me. It's a solution that I can keep with me. And any time and every time the enemy attacks my mind with the spirit of heaviness, I understand I've already got the answer. God has already given me the antidote. It's time for me to take out my garment of praise and wrap myself up in my garment of praise. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter who's around me. I can wrap myself up in my garment of praise and say, I I don't have to put up with this heaviness. I don't have to put up with the darkness of the enemy. I learned how to begin to try to use some of what the enemy does to me, try to use it against him. And I've got to the point now where when I feel a heaviness, an attempt by the enemy to attack me with the spirit of heaviness, that's just my cue to praise. That's my cue to praise. And what I've learned is that the enemy, not as dumb as he looks sometimes, he'll he'll leave you alone after a while. When he recognizes all I'm going to do is provoke a praise break. I had to get an attitude about myself. Devil, I wasn't even thinking about praising. I wasn't even thinking about praising. But now that you're trying to attack me with the spirit of heaviness, 
I'm going to pull the car over real quick. And I'm just going to begin to worship God. Now that you're trying to attack me with the spirit of heaviness, I'm going to find me a quiet place. And you just produce the worshiper. You just produce somebody who's going to lift their hands and say God is worthy. You just produce somebody who's going to lift their hands and lift their voice and begin to praise the almighty God. Praise is how you produce joy whenever and wherever you need it. You can produce joy. You find yourself like Paul and Silas in a prison situation. Praise is how you begin to change things on the inside and on the outside. But you've got to remember it's a garment of praise. And you have to decide to put on a garment. You put a garment on and you take a garment off. It's like the whole armor of God. You've got to put it on. You've got to, I want something to get into somebody's spirit because I guarantee you that there are people under the sound of my voice that even this week, the enemy is going to attack you with the spirit of heaviness. Even this week, the enemy is going to try to attack you with the dread that he's been attacking your mind and attacking your spirit with, the hopelessness that he's been attacking you with. But I pray that this will get down into your spirit so that when you wake up tomorrow, when you wake up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you've already made up your mind. When he attacks me with the spirit of heaviness, I'm going to activate Isaiah 61.3. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to say, God, if you say this will defeat it, I'm going to believe that this will defeat it. And I'm going to praise you until I feel a lifting. I'm going to praise you until I feel a breakthrough. I'm going to praise you until I get an answer. There's something about a garment, a coat that can comfort and protect you like nothing else can. When it's dark and cold and lonely, you wrap yourself up in a garment. And even though you might still be alone, you don't feel quite as alone. You don't feel quite as vulnerable. I want to help somebody here tonight where we live and how the enemy attacks us. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I don't sing because I'm happy, but I sing because he's worthy. I don't praise him because I'm happy, but I praise him because he's the creator. I praise him because he's the sustainer. I praise him because he's the redeemer. I praise him because he's a fortress. I praise him because he's a strong tower. I praise him because he's a friend. I praise him because he's a father. I praise him for his character. I praise him for Calvary. I praise him because I have breath. And the Bible says that everything that has breath ought to praise the Lord. I don't sing because I'm happy, but I sing because he brought me out of the miry clay. And he put my feet on a rock to say. And it was he that put this song in my heart. And none of this changes on good days or bad days. None of this changes. Even when I can't find a smile, I can still sing my song. Even when I don't feel like dancing, I can still sing my song. Even in the darkness, I can still sing my song. Even if nobody's around me, I can still sing my song. Even if I don't understand what's happening in my life, I can still sing my song. Think about the birds that we hear singing every morning. The amazing thing about birds is that many times you'll see footage, news footage, 
after a great devastation, after a tsunami, forest fire, earthquake, some great devastation the night before, and everything in that bird's environment could have been destroyed because of what happened the night before. But it's almost surreal. And when they come in the next day to film the devastation, you still hear the birds singing. The next day, the day after, great devastation and great destruction. And I begin to think, the bird's not singing because he's happy. The bird's not singing because he woke up and all the other birds were nice to him. The bird's not singing because every day is a good day. But a bird is singing because he's a bird. And that's just what birds do. Somebody wrote a song a few years ago that says praise is what I do and praise is who I am. Praise is not just what I feel. Praise is not my reaction to what's happening in my life, but praise is a part of who I am. Praise is something that's unconditional. Praise is something that I just do. It just wells out of me. It's natural to me. Praise is a part of me. There's an old Scandinavian saying that faith is like a little bird that feels like dawn is breaking and begins to sing while it's still dark. Faith is like that bird that feels that dawn is breaking, feels like dawn is just about to break. And it begins to sing its song while it's still dark. There's something down on the inside of that bird that rises up and says, it might still be dark, but I feel like daylight is coming. And that's the only reason I need to sing my song. My situation hasn't turned around completely. The sun's not shining completely, but there's something down on the inside of me that says morning is about to break. And that's the only reason I need to sing my song. I've come to stir somebody up. I've come to preach a word of faith into somebody's spirit. I've come to challenge somebody to look into the darkness and sing your song. Look into the darkness and praise your praise. Look into the darkness and dance your dance. Look into the darkness and say, I might not have it right now, but I feel like God is about to do something. I might not see it right now, but I feel like God is about to move. I've got enough faith to praise God even in the dark. Something's happening. My God, I don't know anything about anybody's situations, anybody's circumstances, but there are people under the sound of my voice. The enemy's been beating your mind down. He's been trying to kill your dreams. He's been trying to destroy your vision. He's got some people right on the verge of tapping in and throwing in the towel, but I've come to preach to somebody a word of faith. It's time to sing your song again. It's time to release your praise again. It's time to have confidence in God again. Morning. I feel morning breaking. We read in Psalms 118, 24. And I believe we need to be like David. And just because it's another day, we wake up saying, this is the day which the Lord hath made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. I love the fact that this is future tense. At the beginning of the day. Before I determine what kind of day it's going to be, before my feet hit the ground, before I find out whether it's going to be a good hair day 
or bad hair day. My instance, a no hair day. Before I even stick my toe into the water of the day, I make a declaration at the beginning of the day. My God. It's not a response to what happens. It's not a response to what anybody does. It's not a response to my situations and my circumstances. But there's something on the inside of me that says the very fact that I opened my eyes this morning is all the reason I need to say I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. This is the day which the Lord hath made. And I'm making a declaration at the beginning of the day. I know what kind of day it's going to be. It's going to be a day of rejoicing. It's going to be a day of gladness. It's going to be a day of victory my God but I want you to understand how this verse falls in line with what I'm preaching here today I'm preaching that I'm happy because I sing and in this verse it says we will rejoice and be glad in it understand that rejoicing is an action and gladness is a feeling And in this verse, the action of rejoicing comes before the feeling of gladness. And so this isn't a verse of wistful thinking. This isn't the psalmist David whistling in the graveyard, so to speak, and trying to drum up some courage and just hoping, I'll be glad today. But this is the psalmist saying with absolute certainty, absolute assuredly, I will be glad today. But that's because he's already made the commitment to rejoicing first. He's made a commitment to rejoice. And since I've made up my mind that I'm going to rejoice today, I can say with absolute confidence that I will be glad. Somebody hear what I'm saying. If you wake up in the morning and you make up your mind, this will be a day of rejoicing. Then you can decide this will also be a day of gladness. I'm going to wake up with a praise. I'm going to wake up with a worship. I'm going to wake up with a song in my spirit. And because I'm going to rejoice, I will be glad in him. I've learned that if you rejoice all the way to work, people don't get on your nerves as much as they normally do. My God, trivial situations don't seem as big as they normally do. When you wake up and say, before I consider anything else, before I look at anything else, I'm going to look to the hills from which cometh my help. Before I look at anything else, I'm going to look to the heavens and I'm going to remind myself of who my God is. I'm going to remind myself of what my God has done. I'm going to remind myself of what my God has already brought me through. I'm going to remind myself of who walks with me and who talks with me. Once I made up my mind that I'm going to rejoice, I can say with absolute certainty, it doesn't matter what else happens on this day. I will be glad. I will be glad. I will have my joy. I will have my peace because I'm going to rejoice until it happens. Sometimes you have to make a commitment to praise with your mouth and give your feelings time to catch up. But it's happened many times, even in church. I'll be honest, I'm a preacher, but there are times when I come to church and I don't 100% feel awesome about being there. 
But there's something about when you come to the house of God. And you might initially be praising because we're in that part of the service. It's just the time where we praise. And we're praising because the worship leaders, it's time to sing. It's time to praise. But I've been around long enough to know that you can only praise God for so long. Before something has to start happening in your mind and in your spirit, something begins to break. You begin to praise God. You can only praise with your mouth for so long before something begins to start happening in your spirit, in your mind, in your feelings. And then your flesh will begin to realize it's lost a battle. Your flesh will begin to realize it's lost a war for your emotions. You can come into a service beat down. But when you begin to praise God, when you begin to lift God up, something begins to happen in your spirit. Can I tell you here tonight that praise benefits you and I much more than it benefits God. Praise affects you and I much more than it affects God. Praise does not lift God up any higher than he already is. God is as high as he ever is going to be, and he's as high as he needs to be. My praise doesn't lift God up, but my praise is able to lift me up. My praise doesn't make God bigger, but my praise is able to make me bigger in my situations and my circumstances. My praise affects my spirit much more than it affects God. My God, my praise, my praise, there's personal power in praise. The reality is that my praise benefits me and those around me much more than it benefits God. See, I believe this might be a little bit radical, but there's a principle in the Bible. Bible, there's a few places in the Bible where it talks about if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And the fact that it says all men unto me is an indication to me that he's not just talking about those who are lifting him up. I believe that I can lift God up so much that it begins to lift up people around me who aren't even praising God. My God, I believe I can lift God up so much that everybody around me will begin to be lifted in their mind and in this. My God, are there any radical praisers in this house today that will say, you might feel too beat down to praise God. You might be too drained to praise God, but I believe I can praise him enough where you begin to feel something. I believe I can lift him enough where you begin to be lifted in your mind and in your spirit. I believe I can pray down an anointing where something begins to sweep through the house and begins to affect those around me. I believe I can praise God enough where God will begin to draw those who aren't even in the house of God. My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. God. But hear me when I say that praise in church is not enough. And the enemy enemy doesn't mind if the extent of our praise is two or three hours a week whenever we come to the house of God. The enemy doesn't mind you being lifted for two or three hours a week when you come to the house of God. But can I tell you that the same phenomenon 
that I just talked about, how you begin to praise God, and then you begin to get lifted in your spirit and in your mind. The great news is that this doesn't just happen in the house of God, but even at home, even in my own prayer closet, on my way to work, at my job, anywhere and everywhere that I need to be lifted in my mind and in my spirit. I can just begin to whisper a praise, and something will begin to happen. Somewhere around Psalms 42, Psalmist David was going through some things. The Bible's not clear about what exactly David was going through. But he's singing in Psalms 42. And in the midst of his singing, David begins to ask himself why his soul is so cast down. He says, soul, why are you cast down? But the great news was that David was a psalmist, and David understood the power of a praise. And so David did not quit singing. You see, many times we will begin to sing, and then when our soul is cast down, we stop the song. But David didn't stop singing. David would sing, and he would say, soul, why are you so cast down? But then he'd go right back to singing, and he'd come back again and say, soul, why are you so cast down? I don't know what David was going through, but his soul was still cast down, and time after time after time he would come back and ask himself why he's cast down but he would go right back to singing and right back to praising but it wasn't long before finally you hear David saying things like God is my refuge and strength a very present help in the time of trouble and then he goes on and says be still and know that I am God and then you don't hear anymore about his soul being cast down and he closes it all out by saying shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph David ended up with victory. David ended up with a breakthrough because he refused to quit singing his song even though his soul was cast down. He refused to quit praising even though his soul was cast down. And he says, I'm going to praise until something happens. I'm going to praise until I feel a breakthrough. I'm going to praise until there's a lifting in my spirit. I believe God wants somebody to get to this place, understand What praise produces, the strength, the power that's in your praise. Psalmist David went on, other parts of Psalm, to say, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, out of the mouth of the weak and the vulnerable is strength. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings is strength. Jesus in the New Testament referred back to what David said. But, Dave, but Jesus changed it up a bit. You would almost feel like he was misquoting it. He referred back to that verse. But instead of saying out of the mouth of babes and sucklings is strength, Jesus says out of the mouth of babes and sucklings is praise perfected. He's not conflicting. Hear what I'm saying. He's not conflicting with David. He's supplementing what David says. The message here is that praise and strength are connected out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Praise is perfected out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. There is strength. There's something that begins to happen when the weak and the vulnerable, when the babes and the sucklings begin to praise God with their mouth, something profound begins to happen to them. Something supernatural begins to happen to them. Their praise is perfected, and they begin to receive strength from the Almighty God. And now let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord 
Lord has done. You've got to learn how to open your mouth. You've got to learn how to declare in the midst of your circumstance, in the midst of a spirit of heaviness, in the midst of an attack of the enemy. You've got to learn how to speak to yourself and say, I am strong. I am still the head and not the tail. I am still more than a conqueror. God is still worthy to be praised. God is still the almighty God. And I will still praise him. Hear me when I say I could spend all kind of time talking about people in the Bible who found themselves bound up, locked up, chained up. And I say that the enemy can't be as smart as we sometimes think he is. Because so many times in Scripture, when he would get people into a position where he had them, he would tie their hands, tie their feet, put them behind walls, doors, locks. He did it with Samson, had him tied up and blinded by the Philistines. Did it with Joseph, had him tied up and thrown into a well. Did it with the three Hebrew boys, had him tied up, thrown into a fire. Thousands of years later, still hadn't learned his lesson. Did it to Paul and Silas, had them chained up and thrown into jail. You would think that sooner or later, the enemy would understand that if ever he was going to keep a child of God, Locked up in a predicament, he would have to somehow find a way to tie up their mouth. Tying up their hands and feet, putting them in chains behind locks, it's never going to work as long as they're able to open their mouth and talk to a God who can hear through the walls. Talk to a God who can hear through the circumstances and the situations. As long as I can talk to God and as long as I can talk to myself, there is victory. As long as I can talk to God and as long as I can talk to myself, there is potential for a breakthrough. Somebody hear what I'm saying? When you find yourself trapped in a prison, beaten, you find yourself attacked, you just begin to praise God and something will begin to happen. You allow the God of heaven to inhabit your praise and when God shows up, there's a fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength. You want the fullness of joy. You want to have your strength back. You've got to learn how to say I will bless the Lord no matter what's happening. I will praise him no matter what's happening. I will exalt his name no matter where I find myself. The challenge today musicians can come. The challenge today I believe that many times here this Palm Sunday there'll be a lot of talk about praise. But I think that many times, if we're, not, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll begin to almost feel as if praising God is doing him a favor. And that our sacrifice of praise is for his benefit and his benefit alone. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, We'll fall into that trap. When we don't feel like praise and we don't understand, we, we'll, we'll forget what that praise can produce in us. The enemy would like nothing more than to get you to a place where you forget about your garment of praise. 
because he would like to weigh you down with the spirit of heaviness. There are people under the sound of my voice, even now, you know you've been fighting a spirit of heaviness. Even now, you know you've been fighting dread and despair, hopelessness, helplessness in your mind and in your spirit. The enemy's been attacking your dreams. The enemy's been attacking your joy. The enemy's been attacking your mind, attacking your spirit. But I believe God sent me here to once again remind you of the solution, to remind you of the answer, remind you of what your praise can produce and will produce in your life. God sent me here to help somebody unlock the power of praise, not just in the house of God, not just when you come to greater life, but God wants somebody to wake up tomorrow saying, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. I will have a praise. I will have a worship. I will have a shout. I will have a dance. And because of my praise, I will be glad. Because of my praise, I will be lifted. Because of my praise, I will be victorious. Because of my praise, I will We'll have a day of breakthrough. There's a praise. There's a praise in this house. Somebody ought to go ahead and release a sacrifice of praise. I know you don't feel like it. I know you don't feel like it. But somebody give God a sacrificial praise in this house today. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. There's victory in your praise. There's victory in your praise. Walls will fall. Walls will fall. Things will begin to happen. Come on, there's a lifting. Come on, there's a lifting in your praise. Come on, somebody needs a breakthrough. Somebody needs a breakthrough. And it's in your praise. It's in your praise. Somebody needs an answer. And it's in your praise tonight.
God is speaking in this house. God turned me around and had me preach this today. There are people under the sound of my voice. You're in the fight of your life. There are people under the sound of my voice. You're fighting things in your spirit that nobody else knows about. God sent me here to tell you it's time to praise your way out. But I believe we need to do this as a body. We need to bind together right now like Paul and Silas. We need to find somebody. Come on, find somebody next to you. Find somebody next to you. We're going to praise together. We're coming out of this together. We're going to dance our way out of this together. We're going to shout our way out of this together with one mind and one accord. With one mind and one accord. Get out of the